0: welcome to this podcast here we discuss introspection being development and all the good stuff the islamic tradition is is one up on the christian identity because of that because they are fine they are okay not being relevant and staying in the background um And almost losing their identity, in some sense. They're willing to lose. They're very comfortable losing their identity. They're in a good relationship to their identity. The Christian identity relies on the negativities of the Jewish identity, while the Islamic identity is different than that, because it's fine it's comfortable waiting in the backgrounds and losing its own identity as long as progress doesn't fall backwards. And so you could find naturally that the Islamic identity would allow their populace to just stay in the background for generations. In a way, threatening their own identity because if it went if it goes for like five, six hundred 600, 600 years, it would be highly likely that the identity would fall. And so it's almost built on a certain level of positivity, meaning a hopeful future that wouldn't need them, and therefore would, their job would be done, as opposed to the Christian identity. Its whole basis is the negativity of the Jewish, ide- of the vulnerabilities of the Jewish identity. And so they will only be relevant as long as the Jewish identity is vulnerable. Okay. Now, when it comes down to it, the Christian identity has taken a certain level of sophistication over the years. And so that's worth noting at this moment. Let's talk about the Protestant Revolution, which in a certain sense redefined the entire identity so that it was no more built on the negativity of uh, or or the vulnerabilities of the Jewish identity but rather was some sort of abridged version of the Jewish identity that just had a more Christian theme to it, in some sense. If you, like, really pay attention to Protestantism, in certain sense, everything about it represents a Jewish identity, only that it has a Christian name, and it has a couple of Christian themes that are more emphasized. But, you know. And so that's what allowed the Protestant movement allowed for the Christian and the Jewish identity to work coincide because they're not reprimanding each other for their vulnerabilities, but rather are just two of the same, one more globalized and one more focused on its tradition, its personal tradition or some sense. And so... It almost became a unilateral peace between the two, in order to just because of of a change of pace, and so it has a lot to do with the philosophers in Christianity who redefined it for the for the identity. They just they got down and went to the nitty-gritties of it, and then put put a new stamp on it made made changes and so it didn't rely so heavily on the vulnerabilities okay but it's still so what would you say the the modern day christian in its ultimate thesis would you say would you say progress the extreme progress of the jewish identity possibly i would say that it's that and a globalized connection to other identities. So that the Christian identity is the Jewish identity at its fundamental sense, meaning progress over anything else, the race to the moon. But the caveat to them is that it has to work in relationship to the development and dynamics of the world. And so the Protestant voice would become very distinguished from the Jewish identity when, for example, an Islamic identity comes into friction with the Jewish identity because then the, the, the Christian voice would say, we take it, take into account what they have to say, meaning not that they're doing the hosting, not that they're doing the Islamic thing of making sure that the vulnerabilities are covered because in a way, they're in the same camp. They're, they're in the rocket ship flying to the moon. But that they worry about the globalized aspect of it. Which, in a way, if we go back to the origins of Christianity, which, in a way, was the, what would you say, the motive of its founding member, which was let's globalize the Jewish identity. And so it wasn't just about saying oh you could say there was two motives there and that represent got represented out into it manifested it into the collective over the generations one was there's some terrible vulnerabilities that are so apparent in this roman jewish war and it's everything about it is problematic and so let's walk away from that, take its good elements, throw away its bad elements, and say, let's build something that covers those vulnerabilities. Make, you know, make sure the law is relevant, make sure it's on your heart, make sure your relationships with others are proper, right? You know, what the prophets were calling about in the, in the, the end of the second temple. But that the whole basis was, because it was, divorcing itself from the Jewish identity, its basis was the vulnerabilities. It's they wouldn't in some sense it wouldn't be divorced from the Jewish identity had they not taken an extreme focus on the vulnerabilities, which under, which was understandable at the gener- at the time. And so what we have is that motive as well. Another motive is just let's globalize this. There's something great here. Let's work on it. We'll make a couple of changes that work with the global agenda, and we'll globalize. and then you have that like Protestant voice that comes out from that, which which cares about the global aspect to the mosaic tradition. Well, the mosaic tradition doesn't take a deep account into the global aspect, although you'll find throughout its tradition additives and, and some some level of focus. And in some sense, the we'll call it the religious aspect of it, the law, the, the rabbinic tradition of the Jewish identity was there to cover the global agenda by making a way to filter out the relevant information of the world through their identity. So like the laws got more intricate and more intricate as the world got more complex. And so in order to filter in the information of the world into like a, a relevant, intimate identity, it's a way to interact with the world without interacting with the world. Because then if it was interacting with the world completely, then there would be no Jewish identity left, right? Or at least it's, his thesis wouldn't stand strong because it would it would just waver. So that's that's in terms of the Christian identity. And so you you won't find the, the anti-Semitism manifesting from the Christian voice per se, as was so apparent was so um rampant in the Middle Ages because Christianity redefined itself and it didn't rely on the vulnerabilities of the Jewish identity. Um, That being said, so we have a Western tradition that's more or less with a Christian identity with some sub-Jewish admixture in there, Jewish identity admixture. And so why, we must ask why is in the Christian world, let's call it, or the children of, or the grandchildren of of Christian identities, why are they, why is there a manifestation of of anti-Semitism? Or we could ask it about the Germans. But let's focus on now because too much history is not good, you know. Um, So we can answer that by this. We mentioned it in the beginning, which was that, or in the other video, we mentioned that the failure of progress is quite troubling. And so, let's say for the Germans, right, when they started seeing their progress fail, meaning they weren't covering, they weren't getting to experience themselves, even though they were at the height of their culture and the world's the world's culture, naturally they'll 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 pick a target pick the ones who are pushing that agenda over over any others so it's not a projection but rather that is the core um identity that that takes takes that focus thanks for listening and if you would like to see the video version of this check out my channel on youtube